Dear founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I'm so excited for you to meet today's guest, Magda Rauscher, for many reasons. But before I introduce you, in today's episode, we talk a lot about starting your business from scratch, teaching yourself everything, and taking a chance. As you continue to learn and grow your own business, I invite you to join me in my new exclusive group, Found Her Confidential. From exclusive podcast content called Found Her Files, a monthly Zoom lesson, Q&A, an ebook with worksheets, and a Facebook group where you can connect with other founders, We'll cover various topics on founding, growing, and selling a business, including how to get the whole thing started and where to take it from there. From time to time, I'll also bring on special guests and more. Click the link in my show notes. We're kicking off in April. So I met Magda Rauscher 100 years ago when she was my customer at Bump Club and Beyond. Honestly, it seems like centuries ago. After moving to the suburbs, she renovated her home and she fell in love with decorating and all things interiors. Magda left her amazing job as a research director at WTTW, which is PBS here in Chicago, to start her own business, My Modern Dom, in 2019 at the ripe old age of 39. I reconnected with Magda when I found her on Instagram while researching for my own home, and now she's even helping me with my daughter's bedroom. Magda taught herself everything she knows, a learning curve for sure, but she built her business from scratch. She now works on renovations, new builds, interior decorating and styling, and calls it the best change for her family and for herself. I am so excited for you to hear this story. Come on in. I can't wait for you to meet my friend, Magda Rauscher. Magda, I we've known each other for a very long time. We met yes. during a very pivotal pivotal moment in our lives when we were both pregnant. You were my customer. And I very distinctly remember you at Bump Club events and you working for WTTW and we kind of, you know, worked in the same communication space. So we had some things in common. And once we both had our kids and I kind of went on to, to continue with Bump Club and you went on to have your children and you were back at work and whatnot, we definitely lost touch. And I recently, within the last couple of years, refound you on Instagram. And I I came across your account and I was like, oh my God, I know this person. It's Magda. (laughs) And I know I reached out to you. And when I first saw your account, I was like, holy shit, she's an influencer, but you're not. (laughs) And I want to make that very clear. You have just become completely influential in the home design space. And so obviously that was a big departure from your WTTW days. So I want you to catch me and the audience up to how you got to where you are now. And I I mean, it's like, I'm so glad I refound you for so many reasons. And also I know we haven't seen each other in person because it was during the pandemic, but you're down the road from me. I know. I know. Yeah. Yes. So bump club days. Oh my God. Which is seriously forever ago. Um, but at that time I was working full-time, um, in like research and doing a lot of like client segmentation, um, figuring out, you know, how people spend their money. Um, and, (laughs) (laughs) and when, we lived in the city. I mean, like that was really all I knew. I went to school for um, communications and advertising and kind of worked in that space for a really long time. And once we made, you know, once we decided to move to the suburbs, it was kind of weird. And like, all of a sudden, you know, you're buying a house that like, you know, we're going from like a two bedroom condo in the city to, you know, having a lot more space in the suburbs. 
And all of a sudden I, we, we bought a total fixer upper and did a lot of reno prior to moving into our house. And at that point, you know, like Instagram was just starting. I feel like this was like six years ago. Um, and I just followed so many different interior designers and, you know, I was like obsessed with it. I just kind of fell into like fell in love with interior design. And so we renovated our house, decorated it. And, um, through Instagram, I just like became one of those weirdos where I just started posting pictures of our house because I started like finding other accounts that I really enjoyed. And I really got to know the people behind the accounts. And, um, I was like, wait, I can do this type of stuff too. And so I just started, I don't know. It was like one of those very weird things where I'd look at like the, the, the pictures on my phone and most people would have like all these pictures of their kids. <laughs> I had all of these pictures of my house, which is like so freaking weird, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. It was kind of just a passion project type of thing where I'm like, let's see if this goes anywhere. And I did it for a few years and that, and you know, it was one of those things where like, I feel like my friends and family would always be like, Oh, what do you think? Do you like this? Or do you like this? And I would always help them out. And you were still at WTTW at this time. Yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. So, so this was, was just a passion project. You like design, you, you exactly. like renovating your house and you just kind of gave advice to people. You yes. weren't necessarily looking to. No, no. I mean, I really didn't, I, I didn't really think about it until like I was, you know, I, I became very active on Instagram and honestly, it was one of those things where my husband was working really late hours. My kids went to sleep, you know, my kids were little still, so they went to bed pretty early. And I had, you know, from like 7 PM on, I was like, well, I'm bored. So why don't I do something else? And that's, you know, that's when I started posting and I just became very, very active on there. And the account just kind of grew very organically. Well, Instagram was, we'll get into this yes. in a bit, but it was so different at the it time too. So you know, there really wasn't an algorithm. You were definitely an early adopter. You had early engaged followers. Like you would post something and whoever followed, you saw it because that's Correct. how it was. It was different than it Yes. Was. Oh my God. So different. Right. Right. So little by little, I just, you know, like kept accruing these people that were very engaged and were interested in doing DIYs and decorating. And, you know, our house is like fairly mid-century. So I think I, a lot of people, um, and also it kind of like coincided with the fact that mid-century design and decor were fairly popular or growing increasingly more popular. And so from those people, all of a sudden they were like, Hey, would you be interested? Could, could you help me pick out some rugs or could you help me pick out, um, you know, help me decorate my room? And I was like, Oh, okay. Well maybe there is something here. And it was really my husband who was like, why don't you just give this a go? Like, see if, you know, this would work because I was like, I really do love it. And it wasn't one of those things where I didn't like my job. Like I actually really loved my job at WTTW. Like it was, that was kind of like a dream job for me. Um, and so, but I was just like, yeah, you know what? I do really enjoy like helping people figure out, you know, what their style is in their home and how to incorporate like the items that they have. Um, and I, I don't know. I was just like, all right. I, I, you know, like, it's one of those things that like, once you start, it's easy to get going, but just starting, it's really hard. It's really he, hard. Yeah. And he was just like, just try it. Look, if it sucks and it doesn't work, like then it doesn't work. Then you got another job and like, that's it. You know, it's not like you can't ever go back. 
your story resonates so much with me because that is how I started Bump Club. Everything from uh, my husband went to bed early. He would fall asleep on the couch. I was pregnant. I had nothing to do. So I was like doing my work. And then I would do my work when my kid was napping and on maternity leave and very, very similar. And it, it just came very organically to me. Yes. And, yeah. and it was everything that we did was the result of someone asking us to do it, which is very similar to what you're talking about and to what you're describing down to my husband saying to me, what's like, just quit your job. I know you love it because I loved my job too, but what's the worst that happens? You go find another one if it doesn't work out. And I mean, have you ever looked back? No, no. And I mean, it's one of those things where one, like, you know, we, I started this business right before the pandemic started. And honestly, it's been like such a blessing because one, like obviously the pandemic started all of a sudden the kids were at home and I I would have been working at WTTW at home during that time, but it just is different. You know, like when you work for yourself, you can kind of move things around to make your schedule work best And when you're working for someone else, you can't really do that. And so with the pandemic and the kids being at home, it really, one, just allowed me more time with them and struggling through like remote learning like everybody else did. Um, But it just like, it took the pressure off. I just feel like that was such a stressful time for so many people because they were juggling two jobs. And because I was just forming my business, like I was like, okay, this is okay. Like... So take me back to that first paying client. How did you, you know, I think that is a really big struggle for people to get over that hurdle. You have someone Mm -hmm. who wants your services and you're like, you say to yourself, how do I, what do I charge? How do I, how did you know what to charge? How did you know what to include? How did, how did you know what you were going to do? Yeah. So it's funny. Um, The first client that I had Um, was actually another family in Glencoe. And one of my friends had, um, was doing some interior design and she was also doing real estate. And she sold this amazing couple um, a house and they were like, we're going to tear it down. We're going to rebuild. And we really like modern interiors. And she has more of like a, just like more modern traditional um, style. And she was just like, this is kind of outside of my expertise. She's like, but I have this friend, you guys should meet her and just see if, you know, you, you might be able to work together. And I met with them. Well, first she sent them like my Instagram and they were like, oh, this is exactly what we're, what we're looking for. Um, did they know you weren't like a business? Did they know that you weren't trained Uh, in this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I, from the beginning, I'm like, this is not what I went to school for. You know, like I am self-taught, like this is, you know, I feel like I'm scrappy, like, you know? Um, but at that point I was still working at WTTW. So I was like, well, this is, this'll be a good experience for me because, I'll see if I actually like doing it. Um, And for them, I feel like it was just so affordable. I mean, I like definitely did not charge a lot and it was a new build. So there's a lot, a lot of details that go into that. Um, But it was awesome. Like that literally was the best experience because it kind of like pushed me into doing everything. I want you to talk a little bit more about that experience because I think that a lot of entrepreneurs and founders get really hung up on, you know, getting that first client and wanting to charge a lot and, but not knowing what to charge. And I, like you think that experience, especially in the beginning is so much more important than the actual amount that you're receiving. And I think it's important for so many reasons because it allows you to test the waters. Mm -hmm. And 
I also love what you said that you were still at WTTW. And I think a lot of people have a really hard time saying, okay, I'm going to quit my job to pursue X, Y, and Z. But you figured out a way, just like I recently figured out a way how to do this and do what I want to do. And you figured out how to do what you want to do while staying at your job and testing the waters. And I I want you to talk about that experience because I think it is so important. Yes. No, I could not agree more. I feel like one, having a salary, you know, from my job, like there was no risk, you know, it's not like I, we were going to be worried about finances. And I do think that that's probably the biggest reason why people don't take the plunge and try something new because it probably doesn't work financially. But this really enabled me to just try it out, test the water, see how it goes. Because I mean, maybe like I loved all things design, but working with people like that, that was the part I feel like an interior design, like you really, I mean, you spend so much time with the people who you're working with. I I mean, and I've always loved like that. That has always been one of the things that I loved about all my jobs. Like I loved working with salespeople and, and helping them like form stories, but you know, like interiors was completely different than that. It was like really getting to know people like I mean, you know, from the type of stuff, like how big do you want your shower or do you want two people to fit in your, you know, getting like very personal, um, that like I was nervous about whether I, I would like that part of it. And that's probably like my favorite part still is just getting to know like each family that you end up working with. Um, but I do like to answer your question or not really question, but I feel like the way that you make it work is you just do it. Like, I mean, there's not like any secret to it. I don't think, um, I feel like I had that job and I would work on my job during the day. And then at night again, like I would just, you know, be sourcing stuff and figuring out tile layouts and all that for, for this other job. And it, and they were totally fine. I mean, you know, they realized that I had a full-time job. So I was like, this is basically going to be nights and weekends type of thing. And, you know, I like, it was, their house is really close to, to our house. So it made the commute very easy. Um, but we just like, I don't know, you just make it work. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. The other thing, too, with you and what you do now is, you know, a lot of people go to school for this, and a lot of people are really trained. You are self-taught yep. and you had to figure it out. Probably oh, sure. you flew by the seat of your pants a lot. Yes. Oh my God. Totally. So I mean, how did you, how did you teach yourself in a way, in, in, how did you teach yourself in a way that you are now able to market yourself as this expert in the space? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so one, I feel like what social media has done is, and I really feel like that also has 
changed significantly in the past few years is that all of a sudden, I mean, interior design was never like, you know, something that mass, like the mass population really paid attention to. But nowadays with social media, like I know a lot of people who just follow different interior designers and they're almost like, you know, especially like the big ones like Amber Interiors or Sarah Sherman Samuel, um, they are out there. Most people follow them just because their interiors are really cool and it's inspirational to see really fun homes. Um, But the other point of that is that the bigger, like many of the bigger um, interior designers also did not go to interior design school. You know, they were, they just kind of were self-taught. And so I think that has really kind of normalized the space where, and I'm definitely like, had I known back in the day that I wanted to do interior design, I would 100% recommend going to school because there are many things that I don't know how to do that I rely on other people to kind of tell me. Um, and those are the types of skills that, you know, obviously you learn by going to school. Um, but I think it's like fairly easy to find people that you can lean on and other experts to kind of guide you and help you and, um, teach you the, you know, the things that you don't know. And that brings me to another good point is finding people that you can lean on and how important it is when you're starting out. Yeah. Talk about the importance of that and how that helped to shape your business. Yeah. I mean, I like very early on, again, like I followed so many interior designers and just found ones that really like not maybe not maybe aligned with me style wise, but personality wise. And I would just ask them like a million questions, you know, like, how did you get started? What do you do for this? What, how does this and work? Don't you find people are very, as long as you're direct, people are very receptive. People uh-huh. helped them. And so they yes. want to help others. 100%. I feel like ever, you know, like it's one of those things where you realize all the people that helped you to get to where you are, like you almost feel like, oh my gosh, if I can help somebody else, like it, it makes you feel good. 100%. 100%. So now I want to go back to you have this first client. Yes. You're doing this project, you know, burning the midnight oil, as I like to say, doing it, you know, nights and weekends, doing this custom build. Yes. When was it that you said, okay, I can leave my job and I can actually charge what I deserve? I would say there's probably, I want to say they were maybe moving, getting ready to start moving in. And yeah, I think they're just getting, or maybe just moving in to their house. And I was like, you guys, I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to try this business thing. They were like, oh my God, it's awesome. Um, but once like I started this business and then, then I was like, okay, now what, like, how, how does this work? You know, like, how am I going to get other clients? And again, Instagram, I just was like, okay, well now, you know, my messaging has to change. Right. Because all of a sudden I was like, this is a hobby. This is a hobby. This is a hobby. And all of a sudden I was like, oh wait, well, in order for this to work, I actually have to start charging people. And that also, like I started asking what other interior designers were charging in this area specifically, there's kind of like a wide range of how much, how much people charge on an hourly basis across the country. Um, and I, and I just started on the low end of that. And, um, you know, I was like, listen, you know, even charging $75 an hour is still a lot, you know, for many people. Um, but I just, I was like, well, I can't really charge, you know, $200 an hour. Like I am basically just starting out and I feel like, you know, I have to prove myself to, to, to these people. So I started off really low 
and just started taking on jobs both locally and then also doing a lot of e-design. So like clients from Instagram would just reach out and I would design a whole room. We would go through all the measurements of, you know, their entire space. And then I would just start sourcing and putting everything together for them. And again, like it was like so organic, like it just, you know, like one client I'd finish and then I would, um, you know, they would recommend me to some of their friends. Did you find over time organically and just because of the demand for you, you were able to raise your prices? Yes. 100%. And I think also like at the very, very beginning, I was willing to work for free because I wanted one, the experience. Like, I mean, I took on just some little, like doing a nursery for a friend or just, you know, smaller jobs, but that all just kind of helped guide what, and helped tell me exactly the types of projects that I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, I feel like once, you know, once you start going and with the pandemic and everybody being at home, all of a sudden people were staring at, you know, their house and being like, wait, I I don't love it here. (laughs) (laughs) You said something just now before that that I find very interesting. There were two points that you made that I want to follow up on. You said you were talking about now I have to go out and find clients. So I'd like for you to talk a little bit about how you do find clients. But then the other thing that you said is I have to change my messaging on Instagram. So let's talk about first how you, how you find your clients. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot, I, I will say that especially now there's just a lot of referrals of people that I have worked with previously, and then a lot of return business. So clients, I mean, I had one client, he was, he lived in the city and was single, like in a condo in the city. And then he moved to Boston and he was like, can you help me with my place? And then got engaged. And so like, you know, we were like kind of merging. Um, and now him and his fiance just moved out to Massachusetts and bought a house. So like doing that sort of thing. So it's a lot, there's a lot of repeat business, which is so fun. But that also Um, speaks to you, your ability and your character, because if someone didn't like working with you, they wouldn't come back. And I think that that just, that speaks volumes about the importance of customer service and follow-up. Totally. 100%. Yes. I completely agree. And I feel like, and those are the ones that are most fun because you already know the people, like there's not like that initial, like getting to know you, that part is over with. Well, and that's the same thing with referrals too. Anyone who refers you, it's because they love working with you. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I think that just speaks again to the importance of maintaining this level of customer service if you're in a service-based business. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with that. Um, And then what was the other thing that we were just so saying? The other oh, thing the that I, well, so are we outside oh, of referrals though, but outside of referrals, where do you, where do your clients come Yeah. From? So a lot of them come from Instagram, which is basically, you know, people reaching out. Most of them are, um, although some there, there's a decent amount of work like here in Chicago and the suburbs, but like, I have a lot of clients in California, <laughs> like, I feel like um, my personal style is like very, I guess, California. I don't know. Maybe I should. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so on that note with Instagram, how did you change your messaging? And did you kind of create a strong call to action for people to start booking you as an interior designer versus just someone that you, they follow on Instagram? Yeah. I mean, I think. And this part is hard because it's just, you know, Instagram is a very, or has become a more personal platform these days where, you know, when I started, it was all photography. There were no stories, but now I feel like people expect to see a lot of like behind the scenes stuff and kind of, you know, I follow people who I really, um, who, 
are people that I would want to hang out with, you know, like, right. I feel, especially like in the past year or so, like went through this, you know, huge Instagram cleanse and really wanted to follow people who aligned with the things that I found important. And now I, you know, like there's no shortage of amazing people that you can follow, but I just wanted to make sure that I was supporting people who aligned with me, um, on a lot of issues that were, you know, that, that have been around for 100 years. And, um, when you're on your Instagram, do you, do you put out there that you take clients? Like, so people know, I mean, how is it yeah. just organic and the way that you discuss things and like, how is that, how does that messaging work? Yeah. So I think, um, and the, at the very beginning, I was like going on and just saying like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to take on, <laughs> you know, e-design clients, that sort of thing, which is kind of cringy because you're like selling, trying to sell yourself to <laughs> whoever is out there. But um, I mean, I, I think now people mostly will just like reach out and just ask, you know, like, Will you take on a smaller project? Do you only do bigger projects? That sort of thing. So now it's I, I do it less and less, and I probably should be doing it a little bit more. Um, but I'm like way too busy to even you know handle the the clients that I currently have. So I I want to be mindful of the fact that like I want to be able to spend as much time as I need to on my existing and current clients then take on more. But I think like as soon I have a one big project that's wrapping up at the end of the year. And then I think I'm going to have to go back on Instagram and be like, okay, people here are, you know, like, and I think this is one of the things that I also um, am constantly thinking like I'm constantly creating different packages of what types of services people want. Like, well, I think that's important too, that, you know, you know what your customers want and need. They probably tell you and you ask them mm -hmm. and you want to meet their need. You're not just putting yes. something out there. That's that no one needs. Yes. And yes, that's yes, important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I really find one, it's like rewarding, instantly rewarding is, um, like, like these like office hours types of projects where, you know, somebody just moved into a place and, you know, they may have some questions about what the best layout is. It's kind of, you know, there's windows and weird places and that sort of thing. And it may not be a full design package, but just to like brainstorm and come up with a plan of how to use their existing stuff. And then like what pieces to maybe purchase but kind of doing like the, the legwork and then they kind of take over and sometimes like they come back and say, you know, what do you think about this type of thing? And then we just kind of figure out like an hourly rate type of thing. Well, I think it's important that you bring that up because it's important for people when they're starting out to know that one it doesn't have to fit in a neat box, right? Like, it, right. and it's yes. not a one size fits all. And, you know, if you're going to be customer centric, you have to morph and change and meet your customer where customer, where they need to be met and where they want to be met For and sure. you need to fulfill their needs. Right. So I think it's so important that you say that because to have some kind of offshoot of your business where you do meet the needs of someone who doesn't need a full on designer yes. is so smart because you can do that in your sleep for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, like those are the, the most fun projects because it's just like quick and easy and fast. And they get really excited to like figure out something that has been stumping them for a long time, you know? So yeah. How do you good. think things would be different if you had put your stuff on Instagram later? Um, well, I don't know if I honestly would have, I don't know. I don't know if I would have really formed a business. Like, I just feel like that kind of showed me that there was interest, you know, that really told me that, okay, maybe what I'm doing isn't just great 
in my opinion. <laughs> well, and like, I want our, but I want our listeners to, to what I want our listeners to take away from that part of this conversation is that you can put yourself out there without really putting yourself out there. Yes. A hundred percent. And I, I actually, um, have been talking to a friend who is looking to get back into work. You know, she took some time off after having kids and she's like, is it just crazy to start a completely different career? And I'm like, no, just try it. <laughs> like, just do it. But that that is one of the things that I told her. I was like, just start an Instagram. It's so, it is bizarre and it's super cringy, but just start it and see if like it goes anywhere. And because I do think that like you gain so much from like not only confidence wise, but like you like, you know, you form like a little community on there of people who are willing to support you, who cheer you on. And like, I just feel like that in itself is super motivating and, you know, makes you want to try new things. What would you tell your friend or someone who is taking that step to kind of start and test the waters in terms of starting an Instagram account? What are things that you would tell them to do? Yeah. I mean, I think like you mentioned earlier, I feel like Instagram has changed significantly, um, especially probably in the past six months or year. Um, and it, it it's not as easy to grow these days as um, as it was in the past, but I mean, I feel like the trick to Instagram is consistency. It's one of those things where like, you know, you need to set a schedule for yourself and whether it's posting every day. I mean, like the reason I feel like I grew was because I was literally posting every single day and yes, it's like super time consuming. Um, but if you don't do it, like, it's not just going to happen. Like back in the day, you know, one person would share you and you'd gain, you know, thousands of followers nowadays, you know, that number has shrunk, but, but it's still, I mean, I, I feel like the same principles it's consistency. So making sure that you're on there, but also I feel like you have to put yourself in stories and just like show up, whether you're talking about whatever, whatever is going on in your life, or, you know, you have some sort of strategy of things that you want to share about your business, like show up on stories and then do whatever Instagram is pushing, you know, like obviously with reels, um, I feel like for a long time, that was the easiest way to grow was just to start putting reels up. And I've like, I have a bunch of friends who actually had ton of success and grew, you know, from like 10,000 to almost a hundred thousand followers in weeks, you know, which is crazy. I just posting a ton of reels, right? Just a ton of reels. And I mean, just, I like, have upped my reels game in a huge way to your point, even just me talking to the camera with captions, Yes, nothing fancy, no tricks, no snaps, no pointing at words, like yep. really and truly just me showing yeah. up. And to your point, I have seen exponential growth and I'm trying to do it. I really want to do it every day. It's, it's hard to do it every day. Yes. But I also go back and pull video, previous video from years ago sometimes yeah. that yeah. I put it up. Yeah. No, I think... Honestly, it's one of those, I actually had a friend reach out to me. She's another interior designer and she, um, just got some professional pictures done and she's like, okay, what should I do? Should I post before and after? Should I do a reel? And I was like, do both. Just like, I'm like, don't limit yourself. Just like put it out there because honestly, these days, like you don't know what's going to work or take off or and you could post well. a reel. Like I have post, I posted a reel last week that got like 500 views, which was so weird. I think it was because it was like the day before Thanksgiving, but normally I would post a reel and it's thousands and thousands and thousands yes. of views, you know? Yes. And it was just, I don't know what it was about, but to your point, you just don't know. You just don't know. Yep. And they give you the tools to do so many things. So you yeah. should just do it. Yes. Make 100%. a feed post, put, put it yeah. in stories, make a reel, yeah. put it in stories, put yeah. it everywhere. 
Exactly. And it's one of, yes, yes. A hundred percent. I feel like the more places you can do it, like the better, because I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, Instagram will just send your um, content out to a percentage of people. And then depending on, you know, how much engagement that piece is getting, then they'll force it out to more. But I feel like the more, more, more is more on Instagram. I feel like the more you're in people's faces, like the more likely they will be to like check out your stories. A hundred percent. I, so I love your story, Magda, because you didn't intend to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is just such an important thing to point out that this was something that you had an interest, a hobby, put it on Instagram. You saw that people were reacting. You saw people were responding. You then put yourself out there that you were going to take clients. And since then you've really just organically grown both yeah. in the sense of on Instagram and in your business. And now you have so many clients. I, I don't even know how you keep up with everything. I watch and you're building your own house. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're redoing your own house right now. So, yeah. which you can see on Magda's Instagram, but, yeah. um, you know, so I, I, you just, I love this because so many people try so hard and you are clearly the epitome of the fact that you don't have to. No, I mean, I, yeah, I feel like you can yes. be yourself and show up as yourself. Yes. And that's what I mean in terms of trying hard. I don't yes. mean not to work hard. Yeah. I yeah. Mean yeah. Just being yourself. I think that is so right. I feel like, um, because for such a long time, I feel like filters and everything, like people felt like on Instagram, everything had to be perfect. But I think the nice thing about um, Instagram stories is that like, that's like the more casual version of your feed. So while, you know, I would definitely, I mean, especially for like interior stuff, you know, like, you know, obviously you want your pictures to look really great, but on stories, I feel like that's where people, like, that's how people respond. I mean, by getting to know you and I feel like the more real you are, like the better, because I, I feel like nobody is perfect, right? Like (laughs) I certainly have a ton of imperfections and I have a very bad potty mouth and like, (laughs) It's, it's, it like cracks me up that like, sometimes people will just be like, I love that you swear on it. Well, and also though, you talk about mistakes that you make. Oh my God. Of course. In terms of like design and clients. I mean, you talk about when things go wrong and you have to pivot and a staircase isn't in the right spot. I mean, you talk about these things, which I think is so important. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about design or if you're talking about business or if you're talking about art or if you're talking about marketing or knitting. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a hundred percent. I'm like in everything that we do there, like something always comes up that doesn't work out the way that you thought that it would. And like, there's always a solution. It's not like, and it's not like anything we're doing. We're not recreating the wheel with any of these things. It's just like, you have to figure out a better way to make something work. And I think that part is most interesting to people because a lot of like a lot of people in, in, in the interior world, I mean, there's always weird stuff that comes up and like, that's, that's why I feel like people respond is because they're like, oh, okay. So maybe I just have to like reframe the way that I'm thinking to figure out a solution to this. Um, but also I just like, I feel like that is like the people, again, the people that I follow and engage with are constantly sharing their errors because that's just how it is. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. So I want to be mindful of our time, but you've given, you have given so many good, like juicy nuggets of information that I think anyone who is even thinking about starting a business can take away from this conversation. But the last thing I want to ask you is 
I would like you to kind of give me some, I would like for you to give me some concrete tips, like three tips that you would tell someone. If someone says to you, I'm thinking about going out on my own tomorrow, what Mm -hmm. would you tell them? Okay. So do it, just do it, just start doing it. Like, I think that is like the biggest lesson. I feel like there's never going to be a perfect time. Like I know that. And even for myself, I was waiting for like a sign or like, you know, there's never going to be a perfect time. Something is always going to be wrong, but just like, just start it. I feel like that is the best lesson because like you might start it and you might hate it, but like, you will never know unless you just start doing it. Um, so just start no matter what, whether it's putting yourself out there on Instagram or asking a friend to help them or help, you know, help them do something that you're wanting to start your business in. I mean, just like put yourself out there, which is, I definitely think the hardest part, hundred <laughs> percent, you know, you. um, two, I think, uh, definitely start some sort of social media, something. I feel like that really is, um, like a really good source of clientele that, um, and it, this really goes across businesses. I feel like this is your place to, to tell people why they should hire you. Um, it's free, you know, like it sucks. (laughs) And like some days you're really angry at stupid Instagram, but, um, I just feel like, it's, it's such a resource and it's also a really great place to meet like-minded people. Um, and you know, people who are going to be in your corner and who will be able to answer questions when you're stuck. Um, I mean, I honestly, I can't even tell you how many really great friends I've made that are literally just Instagram friends. hundred percent. Oh my God. hundred percent. Right. Like it's, (laughs) I have so so many Instagram friends that I've never met in person and it's amazing. It is. I mean, it's, yeah, it really, really is. And I feel like there, I mean, I've made like a handful of friends that I talk to more, you know, some of my friends, like my actual real life friends. Um, one is like, don't, don't be afraid to make mistakes and like, and share those mistakes and like, you know, don't overthink it. Like no one's perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Like that, that is probably the only thing that um, you can predict is that mistakes will happen and like, you'll figure them out and, you know, you'll learn from it. Magda Rauscher. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, so I'm funny. serious. Thank you so much. I will tell you, I have taken away a lot of nuggets from this conversation as I'm just starting my own second business and yeah, yeah. my own, you know, my, my 2.0 is a service-based business. And, you've given me a lot to think about here in terms of how I want to move forward and how I want to do things. So I know that people listening will also be taking a lot away from this conversation as well. (laughs) I appreciate your honesty and your candidness and you're willing to share and really to let people in on how you got this started. Because I think a lot of people would come to your Instagram and see, oh my God, she's got like thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. Like, what is her secret? And a lot of people don't want to share. And I think that you just Mm -hmm. showing up here and sharing will be so helpful to so many people who are looking to get started and take that leap. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Of course, you can follow Magda at my modern dom, right? Yep. You got it. And it's going to be linked in the show notes. So you guys can all follow her. It'll be linked on all of our social posts. So you can follow her there and share her stuff. Her style's amazing. So you're absolutely going to want to follow her for that as well. Um, But thank you again so much for being here today. And I, I so appreciate it. No, this was so fun. And it was really, really fun catching up. I know. And I love hearing your story. I love it. I love hearing your story. 
If you're starting a new business from nothing, this was certainly the episode for you. There were so many juicy takeaways, so get out your pen and paper and make sure to write these down. Number one, once you get started, it's easy to get going, but getting started is very hard, the hardest part. Number two, when you're getting your first client, be open and honest about your skills and your background. Give a client good rates and take the experience to learn, grow, and to see what you can do. Number three, if you can test the waters while you're at your current job, go for it. This is a great way to see if something works. Number four, the way that you make it work is just to do it. There really is no secret. Number five, find people to lean on and other experts to guide you and to teach you in the things that you don't know. Number six, customer service and referrals are key in a service-based business. There is no bigger compliment than a referral or a repeat customer. Number seven, if you want to start a business, start an Instagram and see what sticks. Be consistent, show up, and do whatever Instagram is pushing. For example, when Reels was a big push, people gained a ton of followers just by showing up in Reels. Number eight, just do it. Start doing it. This is the biggest lesson that there is ever, that there is never going to be a perfect time. You might start it and hate it, but you'll never know unless you get started doing it. Number nine, start with social media. That's a good source of clientele and feedback. Social media is your place to tell people why they should hire you and it's free. Number 10, don't be afraid to make mistakes and to share those mistakes. Don't overthink it. No one's perfect. That is the only thing that you can predict is that mistakes are going to happen, but you figure them out and you learn from them. I cannot thank Magda Rauscher enough for joining me on today's episode of Dear Founder and all of you for being here. Make sure to follow at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Founder on Instagram and visit lindsaypinchuk.com slash freebie to download some of my tips, tools, and resources. We have amazing, amazing guests coming up. So please make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us wherever it is that you listen. If you know someone who wants to start their own business like Magda or who has a great idea, text them this episode or post it on Instagram. Tag me at Lindsay Pinchuk and tag Magda at My Modern Dome. And hopefully we'll reshare these to say thank you. I'll be back soon with another episode of Dear Founder.